today on CityCast Chicago. The late film critic Gene Siskel once wrote that people used to tell him Chicago was a cinematic hick town, that they had to go to New York for art house and independent films. That changed in 1972 when the Film Center at the School of the Art Institute Chicago was born. It's now called the Gene Siskel Film Center, and it's celebrating 50 years. We learn about its history and what films are screening to celebrate the anniversary. It's Wednesday, February 9th. I'm Carrie Shepard in for Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. There was a, a woman in Chicago, Camille Cook, who was screening it kind of underground, independent, avant-garde films in the Tribune Tower. And they used the Tribune's projectionist. But she had a film that had nudity in it. And the projectionist said, I'm not doing this anymore. This, these people are, you know, whatever. He was just uncomfortable. Jean D. St. Aubin is the executive director of the Gene Siskel Film Center. So she started looking around. And at the same time she was looking around, there were other people who were also thinking Chicago needs a cinematheque or an art house theater. And, um, and she heard through a professor at the School of the Art Institute that the NEA, the National Endowment of the Arts, had some seed money that they were giving to, I think it was five different cities. The film centers had to be connected to either a museum or a university, some other bigger institution. Camille and a few other people with her approached the School of the Art Institute, and the School of the Art Institute said, sure. What was the early programming like at the film center? What was what were they trying to do to kind of, you know, feed into this interest of more art house, less mainstream film? Yeah, they did, you know, uh, they did a lot of really interesting festivals. They did, you know, women in film. They did some thematic festivals. I think one of them was called Front Page. The Tribune sponsored it. Um, The Tribune was a big part of our history as far as as far as um, financial resources. They they funded a lot of early um, festivals. You know, as what my nephew one time told me, he's like, you show everything that's not advertised. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a good that's a good way to describe it, I will say. (laughs) That could be your new that that could be your new branding campaign. So you mentioned the Tribune and obviously um, Gene Siskel was then a film critic at the Chicago Tribune, the other half of Siskel and Ebert at the movies. And in the early days, I don't recall if Gene Siskel wrote this, but somebody had written basically essentially like Chicago's a hick town. If you want independent films, you know, you got to go to go to New York. Did Gene Siskel, is he the one who said that? Well, he said it quoting other people in his first article in November of 1972. You know, he said for years, people have come up to me at baseball games, dinner parties, whatever, and have said you know, Chicago's a cinematic hick, hick town. When are we going to get an art house? When are we going to get different things? And the article that he wrote was about, you know, your prayers have been answered. That's a good segue into, we've been calling it the Film Center, but in 2000, the name changed to the Gene Siskel 
Film Center, of course, named after Gene Siskel, who had died of cancer the year before. Who made the decision to name it after Gene Siskel, and why was that so important? Um, You know, it was a variety of people who made that decision. Part of it was Gene was famous for saying the three best things about Chicago was the Chicago Bulls, Mayor Daley, the old mayor, the original Mayor Daley, Mayor Daley, and, and the Film Center of the School of the Art Institute. Michael, yeah, I think I read Michael Jordan, the film center. Yeah, right, right, right. So we were part of that whole thing. And he had just passed away. And there was a little pushback from the film community back then, because some said that Gene Siskel at that time had sort of stopped reviewing more art house films and had been reviewing more mainstream films as the critic at the Tribune. Do you remember reading about some of that pushback or knowing about some of that? Um, You know, I don't remember it because I wasn't here at the time, but I would imagine, I mean, that was his job. I mean, his job was to review the movies that were coming out of Hollywood and the movies that mainstream America wanted to know if he gave a thumbs up or a thumbs down to. Um, that mm-hmm. said, they still championed, you know, hoop dreams and a lot of, uh, you know, films directed by women and people of color and local films. So it wasn't all the mainstream movies. They, you know, they snuck in a few of the other films. I mean, in his heart, he loved cinema, you know, from soup to nuts. Sure, sure. So a year after the name change in 2000, the Film Center moved from the Art Institute with an entrance on Columbus Drive to State Street, where it is now, which I can actually see in your background there because you're at your office. I can see the marquee of the Chicago Theater across the street. What did the new location mean for audiences? Well, you know, there was a a little bit of growing pains, I think. When we were on Columbus Drive in the evening, you could park all up and down Columbus Drive. Oh, sure. So when we were here, people were like, there's nowhere to park. I don't want to pay, you know, 20 bucks to park or whatever. So we got a lot of that and a lot of disconnect. But I think we also got a lot of new people because of Hmm. the location. But also at that time, State Street just north of Randolph was kind of funky. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was like a, it was just sort of the weird part of state street, you know, it was sort of dark. There wasn't a lot going on. Chicago theater was closed a lot of the time, you know? Um, but then, you know, ABC put up their big fancy sign and, you know, so it, it took, a, I think it took a while for people to realize that we were here. We tweaked our programming a little bit to not be, to be a little bit more accessible. We had never done second runs before, but if we saw a film that maybe was at Landmark or even the Music Box, and we thought, well, there's still an audience for this, we'll pick it up when they're done with it and run it for a week or two. And that was actually very successful. We'll be right back. Rebecca Fons is director of programming at the Gene Siskel Film Center. She started in that position in January 2021 when the theater was still closed to the public. So you, like most places, you moved to virtual programming, right? Yeah. How did you approach that about how do we program virtual mm-hmm. virtual offerings for people who love film who don't just want to stream something on Netflix, say? So when all of the cinemas closed in March of 2020, 
at that juncture, most of us didn't have like a, a streaming platform capability. Mm-hmm. Like the technology didn't exist within our own houses, you know, our own spaces. Um, and also distributors were sort of figuring it out too. So the the supply, the, the suppliers and the demanders were both like in a really, really unique situation. And very quickly, um, you know, by spring, uh, by, by later in the spring, you know, we had uh, adopted a, a streaming platform uh, and distributors were starting to make their films available. So it, it sort of changed a little bit of what we programmed and also how yeah. we programmed. Yeah, that's what I'm interested. Do you remember those first films that were offered virtually and what how the audience responded like did you ever get the this didn't quite work on my tv like well, it in the big yeah and you know and and um virtual is an amazing engagement tool and it re- you really get you have really have to work to make it work you know you have to mm-hmm. do like filmmaker q a's which is you know in this time of zoom like you know a filmmaker in iceland is like cool i can talk to you at four o'clock totally, like, let's do totally. an interview yeah. so it was a, yeah. there was like amazing kind of like things that came out of it the amount of viewership, it's just, it's just not the same. Yeah. I was going to ask, maybe this is a question for Jean. What are those numbers more specifically? Like, like who comes on a Friday and like five to 10% of our normal box office and attendance was streaming. Typically in person pre pandemic. I mean, if we had three show times in our 200 seat theater, you know, that's two, four, 600 people, you know, theoretically, potentially. So we're looking at like a dozen people, you know? And I think a lot of people were attending and purchasing tickets to to those virtual screens. I know we were because we support. To support. Yes. Yeah, support the Cisco Film Center. Yes. And that's worth noting. I mean, I... I know there's some patrons who just, you know, bought a virtual ticket to every single thing we had because they they just were like, I want to support. I would normally be buying a ticket. How did you all financially sustain the film center at that time? I mean, we did. We had to let 13 people go from a really Mm -hmm. from a 20 person staff. And but we also asked people for money more as far Mm -hmm. as fundraising. We were sending out appeals constantly. And it was really amazing how some of the same people, like every time we asked, they just gave us more. They just gave again. They just Mm -hmm. gave again. And in, uh, while we were closed, we raised more money from individual donors in that year than we've ever raised. You came back in to in-person screenings in last August, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Rebecca, this was really in your role, the first time you got to, you know, program for for the for the big screen, yeah. uh, what did you choose in those first days? Um, you know, to screen and what were I assume you guys did the regular precautions that were common in other mm-hmm. spaces? Yes, and continue doing those. You know, yeah. um, we were one of the before the city mandated. We were checking vaccination status and you know requiring masks and. Um, so it was it was interesting. We sort of started um, we we, re, we reopened with the Laos Cracks film Annette, the Adam Driver and Marion mm-hmm. Cotillard film, and then we also um, presented a, a Federico Fellini retrospective. And we've been trying out, you know, being a first run theater, so meaning we take films when they're released. So you know, we got uh, Drive My Car the 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 day it was here mm-hmm. in Chicago. It was ours exclusively, and it's now on its like twelfth week or something. We're obviously never going to show Spider-Man, but that was the film that everyone was coming back to. So it's like, what is our Spider-Man? Like, what is the art house Spider-Man? Like, what are people coming back to? And speaking of specialty series, the 
50 to celebrate 50 year 50th anniversary 50 years the 50 50 series um this is such a cool idea you're playing each each monday night you play a film from beginning from 1972 of every year that you've been yes. open i'm like fascinated on how you pick how you even choose there's so many films every year like is this like how does this process work? Do you all vote? Do you like what is? What? <laughs> That's a good idea. The voting. There have been some really hard decisions that have had to be been made, and maybe it would have been great to like draw straws to figure out which film. But what I've tried to do is choose films that are significant to cinema. Uh, the sort of canonical, like you know, auteur titles that just really look good on the big screen that people love that are sort of you know like sure things. Um, alongside films that are significant to Chicago. So, you know, Blues Brothers, Ferris Bueller on 35 millimeter, those, you know, those are those are kind of significant to our city. And then also films that are significant to us um, in some capacity, either that we uh, welcomed that artist or it was, a you know, an important film for us, uh, you know, in our history. And also making sure that we are, you know, presenting a really diverse slate of programming, not just those like kind of lower hanging fruit, like obvious films that people are like, great, of course I want to come see a Cassavetti's film on 35 millimeter, but also right. some like under underseen gems. Uh, one a great example is Kathleen Collins' film um, that we're showing uh, Losing Ground in mid-March uh, to celebrate 1982. And Kathleen Collins is a woman of color, a film, and her film Losing Ground is like this wonderful sort of coming of adult age film that is like criminally underseen. What are you, I'll start with Eugene, what are you looking forward to the most in 2022 at the Film Center? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, we're, we've been looking at this year as kind of a, a rebuilding year. We, we I was reading some some stuff that people have been saying about the Film Center and and it, it occurred to me that we're, we are like an artistic home for filmmakers mm. and for people who just love film. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Some things I'm really are specific that I'm excited about. We're doing a Judy Garland centennial retrospective that'll start in June and it's going to go through the summer. Um, I think we're, we're going to show about 10, 10 of her films. Um, and then we're also doing a Jonas Mikas, uh, a retrospective at the end of the year, also his centennial. Um, so I'm excited, you know, I, I've done a number of intros for films and I always ask like, is this anyone's first time at the film center? And inevitably we get a lot of hands and that is great. That's very like validating <laughs> to be like, okay, something that we're doing is, is, is bringing someone here completely new. Well, this, I'm excited. I have, um, I haven't been back to the film center. I will admit, um, since the pandemic, I've been a little nervous about, and, and I miss it. I miss the film experience. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not the same to kind of watch a movie at home. There's such a, you know, it's it's a communal experience, I think, at the film center. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you get to see new people and watch their reactions and maybe talk with them after. So Rebecca Fons, Director of Programming. Jean D. St. Alban is the Executive Director at the Gene Siskel Film Center. Happy 50th anniversary. And thank you both for talking to me. Thank you. Thank you. Such a pleasure to chat. And a little bit of news before we let you go. My friend Monica Ang at Axios reports that Streets and Sands is going to start throwing away dibs items this Friday. I saw a walker in a space last weekend. So, hey, Portage Park resident, better grab that walker before Friday.
Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced that an advisory group will figure out the future of Museum Campus, site of the Shedd Aquarium, Field Museum, and Adler Planetarium. Also there, Soldier Field. The Bears have been teasing a possible move to Arlington Heights, and Museum Campus has also been eyed as a spot for a potential Chicago casino. Some good news to get us all through. CityCast Chicago's favorite show, Southside, has been renewed for a third season on HBO Max. We all love Southside. It creates so many laughs and makes our meetings very long. Hey, we're still collecting those Chicago love stories for Valentine's Day next week. So call us and leave a message with your Chicago love story. 773-780-0246. That number is in the show notes as well. Producer Simone Alisea is in the host chair tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. 